Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. All right, welcome back to the show. Vince Quinn with you on 94 WIP. And joining me right now, we have a special guest. So he is an all-star pitcher, 13 years in the MLB, and is he's the author of a new book, 90% Mental. Bob Tewksbury's on the show. Welcome, Bob. Hi, Vince. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, it, um, it's great to talk about the book, and we were just in uh, Philadelphia with the Giants, so a little connection there. They beat us pretty badly to be honest but <laughs> yeah it's a rough series <laughs> it was a rough series is right well all the same we're happy to have you here even though you are on a, an opposing side and i gotta ask you because you're with the giants in the capacity of a mental skills coach and you hear about that a lot on the sports landscape but not everybody necessarily knows what that is so what does it mean to be a mental skills coach yeah, that's a that's a great question because uh, people hear it and they'll either like I'll see someone on the plane and they'll go, "What do you do?" and I like I'll say uh, mental skills coach and they look at me like, "Oh, that's nice." <laughs> they have no idea what it is. So, uh but that's part of the deal with this this field is educating people on what it is and what it's not and you know, mental skills coaches uh provide uh, training for players with regard to performance aspects, you know, confidence, uh, breathing to slow the game down, um, you know, self-talk, goal setting. Uh, maybe it's, it's some things to help with motivation or uh, journaling or even perhaps just, um, you know, the, the uh, imagery, using imagery and visualization as a tool to improve performance. So, you know, it's, those are the things that we do. What we don't do is, you know, we don't diagnose or prescribe or, you know, treat anything clinical. We refer those to uh, more trained professionals, the EAP in particular on the team. But, yeah, it's a growing field. I think uh, all the teams, most of the teams have a resource uh, available for the players um, at the major league level, and several teams have a, a staff down below supporting the minor league players as well. So it's really a field that's grown over the last uh, few years. And given that it is a growing field, one of the questions is, so all these teams can have a staff, but how many players in general have been receptive to the idea of a mental skills coach? Well, I think it's, it's, um, it depends on the group and it depends on the person. So I, I think that that's always a question that management wants to know. Like, we have this service, how many people are using you? And it's, it's, not, uh, it's not mandatory, so it's up to the players who really would like to improve certain aspects of their game. Not everyone feels that way. Um, so I would say probably, you know, uh, probably less than half um, are, is a group, and that's you know I, I guess in a general in a general comparison they say you know a third of the players aren't going to need you a third of the players are trying to figure out if they need you and a third of the players are going to need you and 
So it's a very individual thing, but all the players are very respectful of this position, no matter if they talk to me or not. I think they understand the importance of it, and it's like some guys use the chiropractor when, when or the massage therapist when they are around, and some players don't. So this is a similar type of thing. And it's so interesting that you're the guy in this space because you were a pitcher yourself, and you started in 1986. I mean, to think of the way things were at the time when you came into the league, how different is it now when, when you see the change with mental skills coaches and things? Yeah, yeah, I think, well, back certainly back in the uh, 60s, 70s, and early 80s, that's not a, a – mental skills or sports psychology was not a term that you threw around because if something was wrong with you. And I think they're still working to normalize that, you know, to see a a mental skills professional doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It means you want to get better. You want to improve your, the mental part of your game. So back when I started, I could have used one being in New York and playing for the Yankees as a, as a young player. And, and even, you know, throughout stages of my career, you know, I had surgeries and and then uh, demotions and poor performance in AAA. And then as I got older, just, you know, dealing with being away from a, a young family and, you know, knowing that your career is going to end and how to deal with that. So it's kind of a wide spectrum of, you know, the things that can be addressed. And it's not all based on performance, but it's certainly... It wasn't available in 1986, and it's readily available now, and I think it's an important resource for the players and teams to have. Absolutely. And so for the time that you've spent as a mental skills coach, are there any specific instances you can think of where you say, man, like I really helped this player out? Um, I think so, and I think they're shared in the book. You know, I I think Andrew Miller's uh, was very nice. He said that, you know, I was able to help him out a lot. Uh, John Lester, you know, there's four people in the book, Lester, uh, Rizzo, um, Rich Hill, and um, and Andrew that share their experiences. And I think that, you know, they've, uh, they've been open about the stuff that we've done that have helped them. And that's a good feeling. And not that I you know, search for that. I The players volunteer that, and that always makes you feel good. So when it comes to one of the th- like you mentioned Lester, and, and I I was reading that whole portion, and it's so interesting because it's, it's the idea of getting a pitcher in the right mindset to go about the performance that night. So when you're dealing with pitchers, you have that pitching experience. Uh, what kind of things are you really trying to hammer down to get the most out of them? Well, I think you got to kind of identify what uh what their what the issue is, you know, is do they have have they lost their confidence because of you know, poor outings and are they having poor outings because they're thinking poor things, you know, bad thoughts or they're worried about outcomes or losing or getting sent down, you know, where's their focus? And then so you kind of figure out what's the issue and then how do you support them with techniques that might help bring them back on track. So that would be, you know, using imagery as a tool to see yourself being successful. It could be breathing patterns, you know, on the mound when you start to get anxious or excited. It could be changing your your self-talk 
from being that critical inner voice of like, come on, you gotta, you gotta make this pitch, or you're gonna get sent down, or you gotta, you know, if you don't get this guy out, the manager's gonna pull you out, or whatever those distracting thoughts are, and you and you work with those, and you try to think, all right, well, let's focus on the process here. Let's focus on the task at hand. I want to throw a good fastball down in the zone. Then that's what your focus should be. And so it's changing the thought processes to stuff that's more focused on the task uh, of what they're doing and less focused on the consequences or potential consequences of the results. Now, to take that a step further, so when we're talking with pitchers, one of the things that we're seeing now, and, and here in Philly, uh, we're dealing with the closer situation, and that was something that you guys experienced just playing the Phillies a couple of days ago. So when you have all of these closers now, and you're dealing with high-leverage situations, and guys aren't exactly sure of what the roles are as much, it's a little more fluid, Is that uh, how has that changed the mentality of dealing with the, the bullpen? Are they, you know, how are they handling these changes in baseball? Yeah, well, I think it's it's certainly a, a means of communication from the the manager, the pitching coach, as to what they're expected. Once the players know, you know, what's expected of them, then it's up to them to figure out the best way to be ready to perform. You know, I think that you make an interesting point is that you know it used to be that this was the long guy, this was the setup guy, this was the lefty specialist, this guy was the closer. And now, like you said, when that's a little bit more fluid, um, players need to be ready more often. So I think it would be, you know, monitoring your workload before the game, your running, your weightlifting, your throwing, uh, understanding that what situations you may be brought in based on the communication you've had with the manager or the pitching coach. And then how do you prepare yourself during the during the game for that to happen? And and that's what's stressful because every day in the bullpen you have a chance to pitch and you don't know if you're going to pitch but you have a chance to and so you turn on all this energy and focus and then if you don't pitch you turn it all off again and then you've got to unwind and then you got to crank it back up again and and that's the mental part of the game that's the that's what having routines and and um you know having that um toughness that you develop as to focus on the task. I don't care when I'm going to be used, but whenever I'm going to be used, I'm going to focus on throwing the ball down in the zone, throwing strikes, and be competitive. And I don't care when that is, who that's against, or what the situation is. So it's really bringing all these outside distractions about role, expectations, try to bring that back to the task. You know, throw this pitch the best you can. That's what I want you to do, whenever that is. Yeah, and we're talking with Bob Tewksbury. He is the author of a new book out called 90% Mental. And, Bob, the other thing I want to talk to you about here is when it comes to pitching, because you've been through it. You had 13 years in the majors as a pitcher, and you are on the mental skill side. You're, you're around teams still in the major leagues. So when you have all this knowledge about pitching, uh, what is it do you think that maybe the average fan would not understand or maybe not appreciate when it comes to the nuances of being a major league pitcher? I think it, you know, when when people go to a game or watch the game on TV and they see that pitcher, whoever it is, on the mound that day, they don't often see what goes into the four days prior to that game um, as a starting pitcher anyway, to where there's you know physical and physical conditioning with shoulder, upper body, lower body, 
Um, there may be some therapy involved if you have a, some aches and pains, a treatment. Uh, there's conditioning that varies from day to day. All of that is done to gear you, to gear the starting pitcher up for that game. As you get closer to the game, uh, you have a bullpen. You know, you practice on, uh, on the, in the bullpen. You practice your pitches on, on the side and between starts. And then prior to the game, the information, there's video that pitchers watch on all the hitters. There's so much information, like you said, Vince, that, that hitters will go through, pitchers will look at the opposing lineup hitters. They'll get a report from the pitching coach, from the advanced scouts, from other other sources, analytics that show you the hot zone, the cold zone for the pitchers or for the hitters. And the pitcher and the catcher get together and talk about all that and put in a game plan. So, so there's a lot of individual work that goes up to like the day before, and then there's discussions with the pitching coach, the catcher, um, the bullpen coach about implementing a plan that hopefully the pitcher can attack that day, um, attack the hitters with. But sometimes you have to abort that plan if a pitch isn't working or you know there's adjustments always to be made. So it, there's a lot that goes into it when uh, when you you know the pitcher throws that first pitch of any given game. The preparation for that's pretty extensive. And did you ever have a time then as a pitcher? I mean, you go out there, you go through all the rehabbing and things yourself when you're a pro, and then you get to the mound. And uh, what was it like for you on a day where you just felt like you didn't have or a pitch wasn't working? It wasn't a very good feeling, Vince. It was, <laughs> it was like, oh God, you know. Uh, but but so what I learned though, you know, as a young pitcher, if I didn't warm up well in the bullpen before the game, then I was a little nervous when the game started. Or if the first guy that I faced got on base, you know, the first guy gets up, gets a hit, and I'm like, oh geez, now this guy, and I want to give up a run in the first inning, and so there's all kinds of things that come up in your mind and the mental toughness over time is to learn how to deal with those things all right so i didn't have a good warm-up it doesn't have anything to do with the games so the first guy got on base i can get a ground ball double play you know so that's through maturity and um and i learned to do that I, i mean i had a game where i remember a game that i pitched against the mets at bush stadium and uh i just felt I had no confidence on the mound. And the first guy hit a line drive to Ozzy. He he caught it. The next guy hit a ball to the wall at the outfielder, caught, ran down. And the next guy, I think, hit a ground ball at first. And in the next inning, the same thing. And I was making bad pitches, but I kept getting outs. But the more outs that I got, the more confident that I became. And so what started out to be, a you know, in the first inning, I probably had you know, on a scale of 10, I, my confidence is probably a four. By the time the seventh inning came, my confidence was a nine, you know, all uh, all as a result of, you know, that first inning. So things can change quickly. And is that the kind of thing that you have to reinforce to the pitchers that you're working with as a mental skills coach? Absolutely, yeah. The, so that so that is breaking it down, you know, uh, your warm-up is just your warm-up. And if you don't warm up well... When you go out to the mound, don't try to do too much. Just think about keeping the ball down. Don't worry about in or out. Don't worry about curveballs and all that. Just get the ball down, get a feel, 
You know, keeping the ball down, it's still hard for hitters to hit when the ball is down. And then, you know, as you as the inning goes on, you generally get more of a feel and you can start to incorporate other pitches. And, you know, if you start a game and there's a, guys get on base, it's all a matter of, you know, the perception. Um, you know, make it a challenge. Don't view it as a threat. You know, regardless of guys are in second and third and no outs, it's like, all right, what inning is it? You know, I can give up a give up a run for an out if it's early in the game. So, but if it's late in the game, then I need a pop up or a strikeout. So you'll really start to manage the game within the game, and that's stuff that that I can benefit the players that I talk to with because you know I've been on the mound, I know the strategy that's involved, and then I can teach them the mental skills to go along with that too. Yeah, absolutely. And we're talking with Bob Tewksbury, uh, all-star pitcher, author of 90% Mental. And appreciate the time, Bob. Just the last question before I let you go is with all of that Major League experience you have, and again, 13 years in Major League Baseball just as a pitcher, uh, what are is there a favorite story you like to tell? Anything you like to look back or reflect on from your time as a pro? Oh, there's lots of them. I think, um, uh, I think one of them... You know, I was just—I just saw this picture down in my uh, little man cave the other day. It was myself and Bob Gibson uh, leaning against the steps at Old Bush Stadium. You know, Bob Gibson, Hall of Famer, mean, really great Cardinal pitcher. And I remember what we were talking about. We were talking about losing confidence, and I had lost my confidence. I started the year seven and zero. I was now seven and seven. So Gibby, I asked him for some words of wisdom and said, did you ever lose your confidence when you were playing? And he snapped his head around and looked at me like, hell no. And I'm like, oh, God, that's why he's a Hall of Famer and I'm a, I'm a 500 pitcher. He never lost his confidence. Well, fast forward about 10, 12 years, we're at Cardinals Fantasy Camp, and I asked Gibson the same question. I told him that story, and he goes, what did I tell you? And he said, uh, I said, well, you said you never lost your confidence. And he goes, I lied. He goes, I did, but I just didn't want them to know it. And that just goes to show you that even Hall of Famers lose their confidence. So if they do it and they're in the Hall of Fame, then athletes that lose their confidence, you know, it happens to everybody, And uh, but you figure out a way to work around it. All right. Well, Bob, appreciate you taking the time. Again, it's Bob Tewksbury, author of 90% Mental. Uh, Mental, the store, the book is out in stores now, so make sure you go and pick it up. Appreciate the time. Vince, thanks a bunch, man. I loved it. Yeah, absolutely. It was a pleasure talking to you. So if you'd like to follow up on that, talk a little bit about the value of mental skills today and how important is it? Well, 888-729-9494, pound 9494 in your AT&T, Verizon wireless cell phones. You can also tweet the show at It's Vince Quinn. We'll be right back. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.